got it. Here it in is. the corner, Luca. Oh. How did he do it? How did he do it? That is Luca Magic. Yo, what's up, Mavs Nation? Welcome to Courtside Mavs, everybody. We're by the fans for the fans. Enjoy the show. And welcome back to Courtside Mavs, everybody. I am your host. Um, you know who I am. I'm Mr. Logan Onyx. And as always, I am joined by my host, Mr. Murphy. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing great, Logan. I'm excited to talk some Mavs basketball. Thank you all for joining us on another episode of the Courtside Mavs podcast. We got a lot to get into today. Got a lot of recap. Got a lot to preview. Um, we had breaking news that happened today um, with the Dallas Mavericks regarding a trade. So we got a lot to get into. I'm excited to talk about it. Logan, are you ready to talk some Mavs basketball today? Oh, yes. I am greatly excited to be talking some Mavs basketball again. Um, we had some little – we're making pods work, guys. Thank you all for the support. We actually got 26 listens on our last pod in a day, which is a record for the show already. So great job, guys. It's always it's always appreciated, and you all are doing a great job. We're, get, we're getting more viewers every pod, and, you know, that's just, just – it, it just keep, it's what keeps us motivated to keep hosting when you all keep listening. That's right. We really do appreciate anybody that listens. Um, again, if you have any suggestions, there is a way to reach us. You can do it through social media or email us. Um, our email is uh, courtsidemavs at gmail.com. So, guys, if you want to hear anything, any certain topics that you want us to cover, um, just let us know. We're open to suggestions. Yeah, as always, guys. Yeah, if you ever, if you ever want, if you ever want us, if you ever have any questions like regarding the Mavs, you want us to talk about our topics, you know, always let us know. We're always we always love fan um, participation. But I say we open with. The um uh, the Portland game that was on Thursday night it was a 133-125 win for the Mavericks they should have had six other points but we can get into that in a minute but yeah so do, I'll let you go ahead and start with the Portland game what was your what was your biggest takeaway from the Portland game my biggest takeaway was I would obviously say the three point shooting I mean especially we saw in the first quarter 45 points in the first is incredible um, and what was it I think they hit 10 threes in the first quarter. Um, which obviously is on pace to easily break the record for threes in the game. I think the record is 25-26 set by Cleveland a few years ago. Um, so, I mean, the Mavericks hit, what was it, 23, and Portland hit 21 threes, and that was an NBA record in itself for total threes in the game. Um, so this game was just an offensive showcase. It was great to see these two teams go at it. Um, it was great to see another classic battle between Luka and Dame. Um, I would say Luka won the battle in the end. Mavericks got the victory, and Luka had another solid performance 27 points nine assists six boards um to go along with two steals um but obviously you know dame's coming off his franchise record 61 point performance the other night um so you know he was um he was hot already and he was out for a little bit of vengeance because just a couple hours earlier he learned that he was snubbed from the all-star game starters that luca made so dame went out and put up 47 um they both had about 37 percent usage percentages so they were uh, having the ball in their hands a lot but uh, i think that that's one of the reasons that it was such a great game because these two offensive juggernauts were leading their teams and that's why it ended up being you know 133 to 125 yeah definitely agree and we actually got a little we got hashtag free dame trending on twitter for about an hour or so hilarious job by nba twitter they're helping out i mean i've got nothing else to say about damian litter he's going to be an all-star he's going to be an all-star regardless and it's i'm i'm really happy for dame because dame he deserves it. I mean, Dame, as much as this podcast is centered around the Mavs, I mean, 
you, you can't you can't ignore how good Damian Lillard is. I mean, it's just it's it's so fun to watch him play. I mean, he was pulling up from logo range last night and hitting threes. Like I, it's just he, he he's he's the only one. Him and Curry are the only ones I can see that can just ISO pull up from that far of a range and are able just to hit him at will. And it's 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 just insanely it's so fun it's so fun to watch and it's a, it's a joy that he is he is playing the game of basketball and following Dirk's footsteps and trying to stay with the same team for as long as he can and try to lead him into to a title. And man, those threes that he hits are absolutely insane. Like they're just from so deep. Like those those remind me of Curry's shots on on another level because Curry was the first guy to do it, but Dame is hitting those shots from deeper more consistently than Curry did, um, in my opinion at least, and. Uh, like last night in particular, you could see that he was just walking into those shots um, with a lot of confidence. He felt really comfortable in them, um, and he was knocking them down. And it was—I've never seen a player do that before. Yeah, and and the difference between Dame and Curry's game is when Curry hits the shots a lot of the time, he's usually trailing and just hitting them, or usually he's he's coming off a lot of movement and screens. Dame is completely different. Dame just isos and he'll do little hop step, step back, and then his shot is so low in the arc. It's not a rainbow. It's like a, it's it's like a snipe. It's going like pretty much straight, but it's but it's nothing but the back of the net. And man, he was hot in the first quarter. The Mavs did a good job, I thought, playing defensively. The Mavs. They couldn't guard the three, but on Damian Lillard, besides that little third quarter where they stopped doubling him, when they did double him early in the game, early and often, I thought he um uh, he they did Matt did a great job making somebody else beat him. And I I said this on the pod on Thursday with Dame is you you can't stop Damian Lillard, you can only hope to contain him. And the Mavs did their best to try to contain him. They did. It was uh, it was great to see. I mean, he still put up forty seven points, but um coming off a sixty seven point performance, that's pretty impressive. Um, but I mean, we saw um, the other night and the the loss against the, the Clippers. One of the main uh, focal points that Rick was talking about with the team was the fast break points and how the Clippers outscored the Mavs in that regard. Um, so it's nice to see the Mavs win that battle last night with the thirty compared to the twenty-two fast break points that Portland had. Uh, if you want to win games, you got to be able to get stops and run in transition. Um, and if you have guys like Luca, um, Tim, Delon, guys that can really push the ball, um, I don't see why we shouldn't be leading in fast break points every game. Yeah, definitely. And let's let's get into let's shift gears a bit in this game. I want to get to more of the math side, and I want to talk about Christoph Porzingis because Christoph Porzingis stood out to me this game, and he only played twenty five minutes, but he was efficient and he looked better. So, what what do you have to say about KP's game last night? I mean, we saw it. You know, when the game first began, he, the first possession he came out and got that huge dunk over Melo. Um, so I think that really set the tone from for his night and for the team's night. Um, but it, it's so nice to see when he gets it going and when he's able to um, get those top of the key, you know, catches the ball, quick jab step, and then hit a contested three. That's when you know he's really feeling it um, when he takes and makes those. Um, and then obviously when he takes the, the 35-footers just out of nowhere, you know, that's when he's really feeling it. He's feeling good. Um, and the offense is really flowing when they allow him to take those. And you know the offense was flowing last night. I mean, we had a 25-point lead in the middle of the third quarter, um, which quickly dwindled down to single digits and then after it out from there. But – um, the the main reason that the Mavs were able to build such a big lead is because Kristaps Porzingis not only his presence being out there and drawing attention from the defense, but um, his ability to knock down those shots and get to the paint like he was last night, which he wasn't doing um, in prior games. Yeah, that's definitely the case. And I think what you look at with KP here is I'm, I'm going to talk about this. He shot six for eleven. 
from the field, which is 54%, which is pretty efficient. And, and his three-pointers, this is what I think was important. He shot three for four on his three. 75% from three in the game. It's 53% from the field. He had 20 points. And he didn't play that much. He only played 20. He only played 25 minutes, which he's still getting eased back in after his 10-game absence. But, I mean... In in twenty five in twenty five minutes to have twenty points on fifty three percent shooting that's very efficient and KP I mean even though even if his scoring is he's not fully better now his defense is just I mean he him playing that paint defense I mean he was blocking guys he was it's not even that KP block shots his presence there just alters people's shots it makes them not want to go drive and I think that's really the biggest thing that he does right it's nice to see his defensive presence it's all. Also nice to see um, we had throwback Maxi last night. We know he used to be our main shot blocker, him and Salah back in the day. Um, so it was cool to see him go out there and get three swats today. We saw that that uh, that cool that big one on Melo in the middle of the paint. Um, so Kristaps is doing his job, but it looks like Maxi's back to doing his thing as well. Yeah, Maxi Maxi had a good game. He had a very underrated. He had 15 points, four rebounds, one assist, and he had three blocks. And he went six for nine from the field. And he just had another he had overall just great game. Maxi is efficient, and you know with 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 Powell being injured and now them bringing in Willie Stein, we'll see how Maxi goes. I would assume they um uh, they keep KP. Well, actually, let's let's talk about this first. They they started KP at the five tonight, which is interesting to me. They went with they went with the starting lineup. I believe it was Luca, THJ, Dorian, uh, KP, and um uh, Curry. Uh no, I think it was. Let me check. I, I know, I know, I know. KP was the five, and he played. He did play five, yeah. Oh, okay. Now here are the starters. It was Curry, Curry, Luca, uh, Kristaps, yeah, uh, uh, Dorian, and Tim Hardaway. So they went with more of a small ball lineup, and I actually, I kind of liked the small ball lineup. The small ball lineup of the Mavs going with KP at the five, because KP even talked about this. After 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 the game, that him playing five lets him be the main pick and roll guy, and he likes playing with the five. And it's not like one of those guys like Anthony Davis that's not gonna like want to play five. I think KP at the five is actually really good for him, and I think it works better when you run when you want when you want to run one of those small ball lineups. I think it does too, especially because when he plays the five, um, he's able to draw attention out that Powell wasn't able to. You know, he stands around the perimeter. Uh, when Powell would be out there, there would be um, his help defender would be almost in the restricted area as long as they could be because he wasn't that much of a threat. Um, whereas Chris Stapps being out there, um, all five of the guys out there are knocked down three-point shooters, and you got to stay attached to all of them. And I think that's part of the reason that the offense flowed so well yesterday is because um, while guys were able to knock down threes, um, that also helped allow them to get into the paint um, and score a lot of easy buckets that way like, like Luka was doing, like Brunson did a few times um, because um, everybody out there can shoot. There's nobody standing in the middle of the paint, um, and that allows the three-point shots to continue to fall as well. Well, yeah, that's just the defense that a little bit. That's a great. It, it, that's that's um. Uh, it's a great point, and the Mavs. Everybody on pretty much everybody on this Mavs team can hit threes at a decent clip, and it's really impressive. The Mavs overall floor spacing is just excellent. They every guy in that lineup could shoot, and Tim Hardaway had another solid game, eleven points. Dorian had eleven points, but I think the most important thing to come out of this game is the bench got production. I mean, you had seven. You had seven guys in double digits, and I want to get to them up. Uh, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson has 17 points on, and he shot. What was I'm looking for? His three point percentage here. He shot four for five from three. He had 17 points. I mean, Jalen Brunson had an excellent game tonight. Brunson did some incredible things, and we know he's capable of doing those things given the opportunity. Um, for some reason, you know, we've seen 
Rick not put him in certain games until uh, about mid-third quarter. He'll throw him in there. Um, never really understood why, but we know what he's capable of. We know he's a solid player. We know he deserves to – he would be a starter, honestly, on a lot of teams in the NBA, so it's such a nice luxury to have a guy like him, um, a really solid, um, steady head backup point guard on the team. That's one of the reasons the Mavs is so successful. Um, they have someone like him to run the second unit. Um, he'd be – honestly, I feel like he could start on at least 10 NBA teams right now, so it's it's honestly such a nice thing to have him. And have a games like he did last night, we know he's capable of um, going off, and we know he's – more than capable of having steady production. That's what he usually does. Um, and nights like last night were just uh, certain occasions where he can he shows what he's really capable of. Yeah, and and one other thing to point out: the Mavs had seven different players tonight in double digits. And when the Mavs the Mavs have a top five bench in the league, and that's what you want. You need you need you need seven. You need you need at least three of your bench guys you to get into the double digits. Right, right. You do. Okay, one of those guys scored in double digits. We know Kristaps Porzingis. He started at center last night, we talked about. Um, but main question is, will he continue to start at center? Because the Mavs just did acquire a new big man. If you want to transition into a little bit of Mavs breaking news talk that occurred today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before we get to that, though, let me talk about – I want to talk about DeLon Wright. Because we, 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 talk, we talked about this on the pod that we said DeLon Wright should, should, um, uh, should um, uh, get, some more, get, some, get some more minutes. And um uh and he he did get his opportunity tonight and Delon Wright made the most of his opportunity he he had nine points but most importantly look at this he had eight rebounds as a guard he is a tenacious dude who's going to go after every loose ball and that's what I love about Delon Wright he's so slithery in the paint he he can score he he he's good defense he had he had two steals tonight and he just had overall an excellent game yeah I mean Durrell said it best he does all the little things that you need that helps the team win. Um, and I think that was really proven last night. I think uh, Rick heard the noise. Rick wanted to give him a little bit of a chance, um, and he did. And Delon proved his worth. Yeah, I'm, uh, and I'm, uh, let, let's go ahead and transition into Willie Cauley Stein. So I I haven't I haven't really done a lot of research yet. I haven't been I wasn't home when this happened. But you you you're more of that guy that has a, that's more of a stat savvy guy. So what can you tell me about how Willie Cauley Stein is going to help the Mavericks? Well, Willie, welcome to the Mavs. We are ecstatic to have you. I hope um, he wears number double zero. That looks so cool. That would look pretty sick. Uh, I can't remember the last guy that wore double zero here. I mean, we know the Matrix wore number zero, but um, nevertheless, um, welcome to the Mavs, Willie. Um, I think he's going to be a great fit here. We talked about this on the pod the other day when we were talking about uh, potential trade options. Um, and first of all, let me just say that well done by Donnie Nelson to – fleece the Golden State Warriors out of this deal. I mean, a 2020 second-round pick from Utah, single just straight up for, for Willie Cauley-Stein. Um, wow. I mean, I was almost sure when I saw the trade go down that we would lose the uh, Golden State pick, um, which holds a lot of value. We know that. That's been talked about a lot and thrown around in a lot of trade ideas, especially for a little higher-tier guys than Cauley-Stein. But um, Willie Cauley-Stein, I mean, we know he's on a down year a little bit, mostly because of minutes in my opinion his minutes are down um from 28 and 27 the prior two years down to uh just about 22 this year um field goal percentage is actually the highest it's ever been aside from his rookie season he's shooting 56 percent from the field um one of those guys who takes a lot of good smart shots around the paint and we saw what he did in sacramento he had a lot of games against the Mavs with the kings where um, he completely demolished us in the paint and hit a lot of um you know i remember i was at a certain game where he had this dunk at the end and stuck the life out of the building. Maps lost that game, as we did a lot to the Kings somehow back in the day. Um, but 
his production's been down this year. I feel like it's due to minutes, but I feel like he's going to really play that, uh, that Dwight Powell role really well. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think what really Kelly Stein really brings to you is he's also going to be that tenacious guy that I don't think he's going to start, at least not yet. And one thing about Rick, you know, Rick, you have to get, earn Rick's trust, especially because Willie Kelly Stein's been known to like not be like a Nerlens Noel. He's not, he's not really a hustler. He might not give a lot of effort sometimes, but hopefully, hopefully Rick's masterful basketball knowledge can hopefully put him in a role to where he can succeed. And I really, I really think he can. But where, where Willie, I think, takes the place of Pal is. Willie Willie can roll really well, and he he is very athletic. I mean, he he can he, there's some crazy clips of him catching alley oops, and I think Willie playing with Luca is going to create some a lot of open looks for Willie, and maybe Willie can get those some of those layups Powell missed. Maybe Willie's going to dunk those. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of uh, when the Mavericks signed uh, Javale McGee when it was what 2016, 2017. Um, he reminds me a lot of that role, a lot of the Brandon Wright role from 2014. Um, he, he's that high flyer who you can just throw the ball up to and he's going to catch it. He can get a lot of um, those crazy alley-oop dunks. Um, and I'm excited to see what his defensive impact is because he's actually improved on defense this year compared to previous years. Um, he's averaging about the same amount of steals per game in less minutes, and he's averaging um, double the blocks. Um, he's up to 1.2 blocks per game this season um, in those only 22 minutes per game. Um, so we know what he's going to be able to do on offense, especially with Luka throwing him the ball. Um, but when it comes to defense, I'm excited to see if he's actually going to have an impact. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I really think that Willie, I think the Mavs really, what I think, I and their reports already come out, the Mavs aren't done trading yet. And they still got that Golden State pick, which I believe they probably will trade. But that's important that they didn't trade that because that shows me that, <coughs> excuse me, since they kept that Golden State pick, they probably do want to end up trading it. And I think it's really possible for him, uh, for the Mavs to either go for, um, uh, I would say they're probably either going to go for another, either a better starting quality big man, or they're going to go for more of a defensive, a defensive wing. And I, I really think that either way, I think it's gonna, it's really gonna help the Mavs. I think where Willie Colley-Stein adds to you is now you have Boban who can still use situationally. You don't have to play him a lot, but he also adds you another guy, a depth guy off the bench that you have that you can play for certain players you think that give him mismatches. Uh, a Robert Covington type player now because as you mentioned we do have um, this big man position filled now we heard those rumors that the Mavs wanted uh, a big man that would uh, put up around 15 points per game we know for a fact that Colley Stein's not that guy there's no question about that I mean he's a solid player but um, he's not he's not an offensive threat really unless you're throwing him lobs he can't really score in the post he's not a very strong mid-range uh, close shot shooter so um, it's about time to find out with the trade deadline coming up if the Mavs are still targeting um, that offensive threat for a big man. Um, that's all that all around guy, mostly more than just offensive, more of an all around big. Um, or if they use um, their other, you know, trade pieces to go after a Robert Covington, you know, a wing defender that they've also expressed interest in. Yeah, and um, uh, uh, we're, we're only we're only about a week away now from the trade deadline. Sunday Sunday will mark. A week away from the trade deadline, so get get ready for an entertaining week of NBA trade speculation and talk, cause I, cause it always gets crazy, and that's it's gonna be really entertaining. So get get ready, get back down, and get ready for some crazy trade speculation this week. Oh, let's also give a quick shout out to new Maverick Justin Patton. Um, it was a short-lived tenure with the team, uh, but but we were glad to have you for. The probably less than three minutes that you were on the team before uh, before Cuban waived you, but 
you know, one of those Zach Randolph situations where we had to do it to uh, pull off the other trade. But Justin Patton, um, we enjoyed your tenure with the Mavericks. Your sacrifice will never be forgotten. Never be forgotten, especially if Kali Stein contributes. We will appreciate it even more, my friend. One one thing I want to bring up, just just to show you how good Donnie Nelson is. So do you remember last season? And I forgot to mention uh, we had we had to send Roby to to the Thunder to for salary and for stuff to make that work. So we got Isaiah Roby, but he really did, wasn't going to get minutes anyway. But so the tr- so we traded back down to get Roby, which then allowed us to get Delon Wright, and then Roby turned into Willie Cauley Stein. So we basically traded Roby for Delon Wright and Willie Cauley Stein. Donnie's a genius. He, he does all these crazy maneuvers that always end up working out um, in all, almost like a fleecing manner for the Mavericks year in and year out. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. And I want to mention Willie Collison's contract. It is a two-year minimum contract, 2.17 mil, yep. and it can be up to 2.28. So if it doesn't work out, the Mavs can just dump him. And really, it, 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 it was really just really easy for the Mavs. I mean, Golden, if Golden State asked for more than what the Mavs gave them, I don't think the Mavs made that trade. I think the Mavs... They were. I bet the Mavs were surprised that Golden State was willing just to take that Utah pick, which right now is number fifty-five. So it really wouldn't have been that useful of a pick anyway. Yeah, yeah, it seems very ineffective. And let's not forget that Kali Stein. I mean, he's only twenty-six. He's still got a lot of potential left, and he was the sixth overall pick in twenty fifteen. Um, so it's not like it's time to count him out or anything yet. This could has the potential to be um, an even bigger you know, scam from the Mavs side by pulling off a deal like this if he does end up developing a little bit further in his later years in his career. Oh, oh yeah, ab- absolutely. But yeah, so let's trans let's um uh transition to our next topic. Luka Doncic, the or first before we get to Luka, the All-Star starters were named yesterday and um, uh, do you have the list of All-Star starters up up with you right now? You know- uh no, but I think I remember them if I'm not mistaken. Uh, for the West, our predictions were all correct. We didn't get a single one wrong. Props off, props to us. Hats off to what we did, even though it was fairly evident. Um, Shaq said it on TNT that night that there was no doubt in anybody's mind who it was going to be. Um, obviously, you had LeBron and AD from the Lakers. Uh, we predicted those. You had James Harden. Um, and then you had Luka, obviously, for the Mavs. Um, and then the fifth starter was obviously Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers. Um, just like we said, those were the five West starters. And the East, a little bit different. We had a little bit different predictions in the East. One of us is right, one of us is wrong. I'm not going to say who is who, but uh, Trey Young started in the All-Star game this year. He's going to um, when it comes around. So it's uh, for the East, it's Trey Young, it's Embiid, it's uh, uh, Pascal Siakam. Um, do you remember the other two for the East? Uh, it was... It was uh, Kemba Gian- Walker as well. It was it was Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Siakam, Giannis, and Embiid. Giannis, of course, the captain. Yeah, of course, I forgot Giannis, but yep. And obviously, for that, we found out that LeBron was the Western Conference captain. Um, so it wasn't Luca. Sadly, he lost by about one hundred sixty thousand votes. Um, props off to the fans though for getting him one hundred sixty thousand away from LeBron James. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's pretty insane. So, yeah, but that means that uh, LeBron will have the first pick and Giannis will have the second pick because LeBron had the most votes. Um, so that leaves the question, does LeBron take Luka or Anthony Davis with the first pick here? Uh, I, I've, I, don't know who, I don't know who's going to have the first pick. I believe it's LeBron because he had the most votes. 
Is that how is that how it works? No, I don't think. I think LeBron takes Anthony Davis, and I think Giannis takes either Luca. He'll take Luca or probably Embiid. Maybe I don't know. I think Giannis will probably take Luca, but if Giannis doesn't take Luca, I think LeBron probably takes Luca. I mean, I don't see I don't see how you don't take Luca. You know, in an All Star game situation like this, I mean, it being his first one, um, everyone likes playing with him. He's I mean, I, I don't see why you wouldn't take him with that second pick. I mean, I feel like LeBron's definitely taking Anthony Davis just because he kind of has to. Um, but then I, I feel like Giannis hopefully should take Luka, and that would be a good sign for Mavs fans too. Yes, and before I get to the little thing, let's let's um, let's listen in to what Luka Doncic had to think about um, uh, being an NBA, an NBA All-Star. Because the thing that we always point out when we talk about your game is that you're not in a hurry, that everything, you know, you dictate pace so well. Where did that come from? And, and does, the, does the game, which is so fast-paced, really slow down that much for you the way you see it? Uh, I would play fast if I would, if I would be fast, you know. But <laughs> I'm slow. So I just kind of, you know, uh, play in my own rhythm and, you know, just uh, let the game come to you. So, so there's Luca saying that he he's he plays slow because he is slow. <laughs> That's pretty funny. He is an interesting interview, isn't he? Every single time, it's just something different. His English is getting better, though. Oh, it's getting a lot better. I mean, it's nowhere near Kristaps' English or what Dirk's you, was. Chris, even you though. can't even tell Kristaps. You can't even tell Kristaps is freaking European. I know it's crazy, but yeah. I mean, you saw how much better Dirk's English got over the years. So I, I assume that'll happen for Luca as well. Oh, oh yeah, but sometimes people don't lose their accents, but it, hopefully it will it will happen soon. Yeah, well, but, well, Dirk never lost his accent. He just ended up getting you know better at speaking English. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was a it was a, it was a great interview on TNT. Luca also said that it's a dream come true. He said he would wake up at three to four a.m. on those days, and he would um uh he would watch all-star games and he never thought that he would be here. So just interesting and great, great words from the mouth of our hope and savior, Luka Doncic. And, um, uh, yeah. And so what would, what, what was your reaction when Luka Doncic became the all-star starter for the, for the West? Well, I mean, you know, we all expected him to start. Um, we all saw it coming, especially with the fan votes coming in, um, and the way that he's taken over the league this season. Um, so it kind of, Left Mavs fans, you know, um, with a little to be. I mean, we because we all saw it coming. It takes a little bit away from it. Um, but the fact that the Mavericks have another All Star starter, um, the first one since Dirk. Uh, God, it's such a good feeling knowing that the quick turnaround from. I mean, think of that. There's so many teams where um, they don't have guys like that for decades. They don't have a you know a bona fide superstar. Um, and the fact that we've able to be able to come up with one this quickly. Um, that not only he is good enough to start the All-Star game, but is uh, over halfway into the season still um, very much in the MVP conversation. Um, it's incredible, and it, it really makes me appreciate the way that this organization is run. We talked about this before, but, um, I mean, Luka putting up these numbers almost a 30-point triple-double a night, uh, that's revolutionary stuff. So this isn't just, you know, any regular superstar as well. I feel like um, every year he's taking bigger leaps than anybody imagined, so um, next year I could imagine that he's not one of the captains yeah and um uh, okay i before we transition over 
to uh, our Utah Jazz preview. I've got one more nugget of audio for you that I have pulled up here ready for the show today. And this is going to be Kristaps Porzingis after the game talking about playing center versus power forward. So I'm going to let you all listen to what he said. Swinging or you're swinging a ball, so um, that's that's what I like about it. Um, and then you know you can mix up more the popping and rolling. I could also do that as the four, but then I gotta kind of talk to the five, you know, let him know I'm gonna roll, so he doesn't roll. So, but the five, I'm kind of more, you know, I can do whatever. Um, so those, those are the things I like, but. I like playing books. I just like playing whatever it is. You know? I just like hoping to pick up whatever it is, you know, so I have fun out there. Is there a downside? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I like also on defense, uh, I'm close to the basket, so I can help through a lot of shots. Um, I don't know. can't think of any. I don't know. I just like playing, you know, whatever. Like, you put me at the two, you know. I'm off screen and shoot it. So you shoot the ball in the so um, uh, you heard it here first, folks. KP wants to play the two guard. I think he'd be a pretty good shooting guard. I mean, no one can contest him at the two. I mean, KP is basically the same build as Giannis, or um, build as KD, just a little bit bigger, if we're, if we're really thinking about it. Yeah, he's KD with about three more inches on him. But yeah, in, 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 interesting, interesting notes from... Interesting notes from uh, KP on playing center. So what, what did you think about that? Well, now um, he said that he he likes playing center because of the freedom it gives him. Um, but you know, we saw the trade, Kali Stein coming in. Um, we think he might be a backup center. Um, so we need to kind of go over this. Who do you think the starting lineup is going to be now without Powell and with Kali Stein here? If I were to make a prediction, I would say obviously Luca is going to be the one. I would say continue. Let's say Seth Seth might fall out of the lineup. Um, Tim's going to start obviously. Dorian's going to start at the three. Um, and then I think it might be Chris Stapps at the four and Kali Stein at the five. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it really depends on the game, and I, I don't think Kali Stein's going to start immediately because I think he has to earn Rick's trust, and I think he's a bench player. I would lean more towards basically you have a small ball lineup, and then you have more of a big ball lineup, like a lineup where Maxi starts at the four and KP at the five, and then a lineup where it's KP at the five and Dorian at the four, if that makes sense. Yeah, it really, it really does all come down to match. But I hope that we're able to see more of those opportunities where um, Curry can be rolled in there and then Chris Stapps can start at the five and allow for um, the offense to have an explosion like it did last night. Yeah, I, if I was coming out of me, I think lineup you you uh, lineup I I lineup I would like to see is Luca at the one, uh, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. at the two, Dorian at the three, Maxi at the four, and then um, KP at the five. That would be pretty solid too. Yeah, but I mean we got to see. What- but Rick does obviously. We know that uh, he's got something up his sleeve. You know he's been thinking about it all all day and night. So I trust his his judgment. Let's just hope that uh, he keeps playing the lawn, doesn't ruffle those feathers anymore. Uh yeah, obviously. And um, uh, yeah, but let's move on to um uh, the um uh, the Utah the Utah Jazz game. The Mavs are going to be taking on the Utah Jazz tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central Time. So we got a we got a like kind of like a late afternoon football start to a Mavs game and it's very interesting. Um I don't know what the Mavs record is in daytime games, but we shall see and um, uh, yeah, we should have a pot we should have a pot out after that because it's during the day, so we'll actually have time and y'all won't be sleeping already. So yeah. So sure. let's let's break down what do you think the key is for the um, uh, the Jazz the Jazz game tomorrow? Uh for the Mavericks is going to be defense because we know that the Jazz defense is <clears throat> is very solid. 
um, especially as of late, um, where they've won 18 out of 20 games. Um, I mean, they moved into the second seed now. Um, so the defense is going to be really important because we know the Jazz can get stops, but um, sometimes they do struggle on the offensive end, um, especially when uh, when Mitchell's not when he's not hitting. Um, Gobert, we know, can be ineffective at times, can be a little bit stagnant for the offense. So um, if the Mavericks are able to exploit those weaknesses and uh, use them against them, hopefully um, get some quick stops, make some turnovers, and push the ball in transition um, and lead the game in points uh, off turnovers again and uh, fast break points, um, I honestly think there's no way the Mavs can't win that game if they're able to do those sort of things. So um, the Jazz are a team that we know aren't rattled easily, though, um, and we've seen that over their last 20 games. Um, we know that a lot of those games were against lower-tier opponents. Um, I believe their 10-game win streak, every single team they played was a non-playoff team at the time. Um, but, I mean, 18 out of 20 is nothing to nothing to bat an eye at, nothing to joke about. Um, so um, the Jazz are a serious team, especially moving up to second in the West. So there's no way the Mavericks can take them lightly because when they take teams lightly, we see what happens, especially Actually, you know, we've seen that a few times with, you know, games like Charlotte and stuff like that. So the Mavericks need to take it seriously um, and make sure that they try to push the ball in transition as much as they can. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you on that. I think the, I think I think one of the most key matchups to look at, or one of the most of the exciting things to look at in this game is you have you have you have a top three road team going up against a top three home team, and I think that's a crazy matchup to to watch. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because we know the Jazz. Um, have done incredible home record, um, and we know the Mavericks started off incredibly hot on the road, and they've been, um, I mean, solid since. They haven't really fallen off, but um, they haven't been as hot as they they once were. When they went ten and one that one stretch. I mean, they, they're six and four in their last ten, um, while the Jazz are nine and one. So, um, and we know the Jazz are a much hotter team right now than the Mavericks. Um, while the Mavericks are playing a lot better basketball, I think was it winning five out of six now, um, but still, it's going to take a lot to overcome a team with that much momentum. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think this would be a big win for the Mavs because the Mavs, if the Mavs can get a win here, they could probably build maybe a long win streak because the Mavs play some easier teams coming up as we edge towards the February is when the Mavs, I think, have a very favorable schedule. Not a lot of super, super um, imposing teams. I think they play 10 teams below 500 in, in the month of February and only like two teams over 500. So the Mavs have a stretch coming up to where they can definitely make some ground up in the standings. But, yeah, we've had a lot of our, our tougher games already, and it's nice because um, it's so, so contested where we are in the West. We're a little bit behind. I mean, we're two games behind Denver, who's the next team ahead of us, um, two and a half games behind the Clippers, and then three games behind the Jazz. Um, so we have a little bit of ground to make up if we want to move up to one of those home court advantage spots. Um, and then again, we're only um, half a game ahead of the Rockets, who can easily surpass us at any moment. Um, so the fact that it's so tight um, make the fact that we have a lot of those um, games against non-playoff opponents really helpful at the time they're coming. Yeah, I think really the West, besides, I think the Lakers will probably get the first seed, but past the Lakers getting the first seed, the West, the, the two the two through the six seed, two through the seven even, could get really mixed up because of just teams losing games. It's a, it's a, it's a very, very close difference in the games and i think it's the west endings at the end of the year are going to be very very crazy and i think they won't be anywhere close to what it looks like now no they won't and well true and the battle for eight seeds going to be interesting as well i mean the spurs just passed the grizzlies for it actually by a half game uh, we know portland's going to be right there battling for it as well i don't i mean i don't see new orleans or phoenix or any of those teams really fighting for it but those three teams fighting out it's going to be um, a real interesting battle 
Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm excited to see because the, the West is good enough to where what, whatever eight seed sneaks in versus the Lakers could give them a tough series and maybe make them like, get some, get fatigued a little bit. But let's get back to the Jazz game. I think the mass key to this game is going to be re- rebounding and defense. Rudy Gobert, they got to take Gobert out the game. Rudy Gobert is such a menace on the on the offensive and defensive glass, but he's such a good shot blocker. The, Ma- the Mavs are going to have to find a way to limit him because if the Mavs let him do whatever he wants in the paint and let up like a lot of rebounds, like we did against the Clippers, we could have another Clippers game to where we're just letting up offensive rebounds and easy putbacks and second chance points. Yeah, and especially a guy like Gobert, we know how good he is. He has such strong hands, and his reach is. I mean, I'm pretty sure he has the largest reach in the entire NBA, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, when he just reaches his arm out, he's longer than guys like Porzingis and maybe even Boban. So um, that's one of the reasons he's so hard to contain. He's seven one, um, two fifty eight. I mean, he's just a huge man as well. Um, and he's really developed since his early years, and he's learned, um, you know, how to position himself for rebounds and how to get strong putbacks. And he's improved his free throw percentage, you know, incredibly as well over his career. Um, so I'm not sure if the Mavs going to try to throw out on him. Maybe Chris Stapps. Maybe they they try to put um, a maxi sort of guy on him, a smaller, stronger player because he's not um, that great at scoring in the post. I mean, he is effective with a smaller guy on him. Don't get me wrong. We've seen that time in and time out, that if you put a you know a, a forward or a, a small forward or shooting guard on him, he's going to get a little post hook over him. But um, I feel like a guy like Maxi can match up with him well. Um, and I know that Boban could, could hold him off. Yes, I think this could be a prime Boban game, and maybe even if Willie Colley Stein gets flown down to Utah, maybe we could see him in the game. But I doubt that. Rick usually no, no way he'll be ready by then. Rick usually likes to have guys um uh, play couple practices with the team before they play, and um uh yeah, it, but it should be interesting, especially because the Mavs are gonna be playing some weaker teams. So that might give Colley Stein a chance to get in tune with the team a little bit. But for this Jazz game, I think the two keys, the Mavs, they they got to keep the second-chance points down for Utah. The last time they played the Clippers, and they, and they had those bigs in, the Mavs were allowing a lot of second-chance points, and it was letting the Clippers get some easy buckets. And I'm wondering, if I was the Mavs, if Donovan Mitchell gets hot, you double him, you make somebody else beat you. But also, the Mavs got to do a good job of closing out on three-pointers against Utah. Utah is a great three-point shooting team. We've seen that Joe, ever since they put Joe Ingles in the starting lineup. They've been really good. Ingles can shoot it. Everybody on that team except Gobert can can pretty can pretty much just um uh shoot from three. And the Mavs are the Mavs are going to have to play some good defense. And we've seen we've seen Bogdanovich kill the Mavs so many times, and they've played him. Whether it's Indiana or wherever, he is a prime Mavs killer, and that's going to be tough to contain him as well as Ingles on the perimeter because they're both just knockdown shooters if they're open. Um, but watch out for the Jazz um, really playing a little bit extra hard this game because they have a tougher schedule coming up. They've already played a lot of easy games. Um, so after they play us, they play Houston and then Denver um, straight up after that, and then they have uh, Portland after that, followed by Miami. Um, then another playoff team right now in the Spurs, followed by the Rockets again. Um, then the Celtics a couple games after that. So um, the Jazz have a lot of a lot of tough games coming up, and that's going to yeah. really put them in a position where they want to win this we'll, more. We'll, in the next 10, 15 games, we'll find out how good the Jazz really are. I think they're I think they're good, but I don't think I don't I think the record's kind of lying. I think they've played a lot of easy teams and they've benefited from an easy schedule yeah. where the Mavs have played pretty much. Looking forward to the Mavs' whole schedule, I think they play like they play like. Only like I think ten over five hundred teams the rest of the way, and they play like twenty five below five hundred teams. So the Ma- the Mavs the Mavs have the work pretty much the worst behind them already, and the, and the Mavs have easier games coming up on the schedule compared to what they had this year. But the Mavs having those hard games and still being the fifth seed in the West is really impressive. So I, I think I think the Mavs got everything ahead of them. 
And I think as long as the Mavs can get Luka and Kristaps playing well and healthy before the playoffs and making maybe another move, then I think the Mavs are going to be primed for their their first good playoff run in a, a couple a couple seasons. But other than this Jazz game, I think if the Mavs can just keep the rebounding down the other time and limit them, I think KP is going to have to have a good game. We're going to need we're going to the Mavs are going to need somebody second a secondary guy to Luka to step up because you know Luka's going to get his. But you, you, we, we're going to need KP to go off. We're going to need KP to have, at least have 15 plus, and maybe even Tim Hardaway or, or somebody secondary to have a couple have two other bench players be in the double digits for us to win this game. Yeah, I agree. There's going to be, need to be a lot of scoring, but I feel like there's going to need to be a lot of um, knowing where you go on defense as well because I feel like a lot of the reasons that the uh, the worst of teams in this league lose to the Jazz because they got a lot of young guys who um, aren't as adept to the rotations in the NBA and the quick movements that you need. Um, and I feel like the Jazz are one of the teams that exploits that really well because if you don't rotate um, on the pick and roll, Mitchell's going to get you. If you don't um, fly out to the shooters when Gobert's diving, then uh, Ingles or Bogdanovich is going to definitely knock down that three. Uh, and if you're able to rotate to those shooters, um, and if you're able to guard the pick and roll well, then he's going to dump it off to Gobert down low. Um, so they have so many options. And if you're not um, swift and sharp on your rotations, um, there's really no way to beat a team like Utah. That's why they've been beating so many bad teams in the league. Um, so the Mavs have a lot of smart defenders, though. Um, so it'll be cool to see um, if they can actually uh, take advantage of that instead of uh, let the Jazz as used it to their advantage. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is another good game for Mavs fans to see. This is a team that we easily could end up playing in the first round, and I think it's another good game to see for the Mavs, see how they match up versus a potential playoff team. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, especially because there's so much discrepancy right now. Um, in the Western Conference, you don't know who you're going to play. Um, but the Jazz are definitely a possibility for the Mavs to match up with in the first round. Um, so being that they're one of the only teams that we actually haven't played this season, surprisingly, enough uh we'll see how the first matchup goes i mean we saw how it went last year when we played them so hopefully more of the same uh yeah we dominated the jazz last year but i I expect this to be a very close game down to the fourth quarter i think it'll be close and then i think if it sometimes the Mavs let teams pull away but i think this will come down to another clutch game so we'll see if the mavs can um uh under down the clutch i'm going to actually i'm not going to take the Mavs in this game i just feel like the jazz at home are a little bit too much for the Mavs, and i feel like the Mavs have been very like testy with their leads lately and i'm going to take i'm going to take the jazz i'm a 120 to 117 wow taking the jazz on this one uh yes i'm gonna do it i'm gonna take the Mavs again i know i've taken the Mavs every single game i predicted but i've been right more often than not so um i think the jazz defense is going to hold strong but i think the Mavs are going to be able to rotate and and um, limit the shooters, um, which is going to uh, allow the Mavs to be able to guard the, the paint as well and stop Gobert. So I think the Mavs are going to take this one. I think the Mavs are going to get 109 um, against the Jazz. It's 106. So we, so I have a three-point loss to the Jazz, and you have a three-point win. But I, I think it's good that I didn't pick the Mavs every time because, you know, i got to show I'm not biased, and I look at these things realistically. So, so That's, that, true. That's true. I just feel like the Mavs are going to win. I don't know. Maybe I am biased. Yeah, you got to look at things with more of a thing. I, I just feel like our lack of rebounding is going to be the reason we lose this game and maybe show the front office we need to get some, we need to get another big man in here. But other than that, thank y'all for listening to Courtside Matt. Appreciate everybody. Make sure y'all go follow us on Spotify and Apple at, at Courtside Mavs. And yeah, guys, we appreciate the support. And yeah, Murphy, you got anything to say before we sign off? Yeah, guys, again, we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, you know, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any places where podcasts will listen to. Um, again, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, have any questions, want to talk about anything, we're here at uh, courtsidemavs at gmail.com. 
Um, so again, really appreciate you guys listening. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the game. Again, Jazz are the best home team in the conference. Mavs are the second best road team in the conference. Um, so tomorrow afternoon, 4 p.m., Mavs Jazz. Uh, I'm excited to see it. And once again, we're signing off. Thanks for listening. Remember, Courtside Mavs is by the fans for the fans. We will see y'all after the game tomorrow. Be prepared for post-game pod. Thank y'all. Peace. Thanks for listening to Courtside Mavs. Go subscribe on all platforms. See y'all next time. Peace.